Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. Title of this interview is Resolving Inner Conflicts to Become Unstoppable. And my guest is Diana Behuni. We'll be talking about the importance of identifying and resolving our inner conflicts that slow us down and often even stop us from achieving our full potential full potential. So we'll be talking about the categories of achieving goals quickly, spiritual life coaching, procrastination, inner conflicts, science and spirituality, limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, decision-making, clarity, integration, fear, harmony. All of these things are actually key elements to be as successful as you can be, or even just more successful, because these things all factor in one way or another. So let me tell you about Diana Diana Vehuni. She is a spiritual life coach and an artist. As a multidisciplinary practitioner, and I love that, she offers various approaches, tools, and techniques, and often combines them for optimal results. Her greatest passion is to bring science and spirituality together to help her clients evolve into their best selves and enjoy truly successful lives. Dan, I got to say, I love what you're about. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. And I love your work. And I'm so excited to be here. So. Thank you very much. How did you get into coaching? Um, from my own journey, I have learned a lot myself because I struggled a lot in my life. And it was a combination of two things. One, I was always very curious about nature of reality, consciousness, and things like that, and I didn't find the answers. So I was always a seeker from a very young age, and I was also struggling with depression, anxiety, and many, many things. So I think two together, you know, pushed me to uh, to start really looking for answers, and I learned a lot my, to help myself, of course, and then eventually, because I cared about people, and I was the most important thing for me to be able to help. Uh, even though I was an artist, for me, it wasn't an um, impactful enough way to make a difference in the world. So that's why I eventually started doing co- coaching and counseling to to help people with the challenges that I overcame. And I knew there are so many great tools and practices that I could teach them. And um, I love it. Uh, I'm very similar, though I didn't suffer from depression or anxiety. I was an addict. Now I've been clean and sober a very long time. But that was my my cross to bear, as it were. Uh, and and I, I, um, I'm an artist as well. I'm an act. I was an actor. I, I will be getting back into it. I used to sing for a punk rock band. I used to have a mohawk like this and, and all that. And uh, so I, and to me, I see life as art. I see life as art. And I'm this is my art. You know, and everything I do is art. So I just, you know, I try to blend some science, logic, right? Real knowledge with the unique Tony, right? So that I do, I, I don't just do some person showing up i do tony showing up right that's that's the way i go about it uh so i see i see life as a as a wonderful tapestry for me to create my art and and every 
moment is an opportunity. So I want to get right into uh, the kind of stuff that you work with with clients. Uh, so my first question is, what are inner conflicts and how do they show up? Right, right. Yeah, so they show up in, in different ways, but probably in most common ways they show up is that people feel stuck. They feel like they they don't know where to go. You know, they have some ideas, they have some um, some inspirations, but they don't know how to how to proceed, right? Another um, possibility is that they procrastination, right? They have they they feel inspired occasionally, but they it's not consistent. So that's another way it shows up, and uh, and it can show up as different emotions as well, right? Um, but what are inner you know, conflicts? The way I like to see. Um, look at life sometimes it's very helpful and I think you you probably would resonate with it too it's like seeing it as as flow of energy right so we're constantly exchanging energy we're giving energy everything takes energy right to create our life it takes energy whatever we do so when we have an inner conflict it's like our energy is split right so energetically it's like part of us is going in one direction it's like one foot is stepping in one direction another foot is stepping in another direction and we can't move forward obviously or part of us uh, emotionally and energetically is still stuck in the past there's some unresolved stuff from the past that keeps us from moving forward so i use the analogy of a light bulb versus laser to kind of illustrate you know what does it mean to be coherent with our energy right because they both uh, generate photons right light particles but in one case with a light bulb that it goes in every direction it creates some light right and with the laser it's coherent and it's so powerful it can cut through a rock right, right? so we want to be more yeah it's directed in one direction so we want to be more like a laser in in terms of alignment right when our thoughts our feelings and our core values and our actions are aligned we become unstoppable because even if there are obstacles outside or apparent obstacles or challenges we see them as opportunities, right? But we, when we are in conflicted inside, it's it needs to be resolved before we can do that, right? Once we resolve those inner conflicts, I do believe we can become unstoppable. Absolutely, I I mean, you know, what you're talking about, and uh, you know, I was a life coach, and I and I'm the head of a technological coaching company now. We're going to create a we're creating a revolutionary app. Would have been launched already, but we're undercapitalized. But when I was a life coach, you know, and, and dealing with my own life. Uh, I know about, you know, getting people unstuck or helping or getting unstuck and, and procrastination, which is perhaps the most common human complaint, right? And that is, and alignment is quite simply the answer. Whenever we have two elements, call it, that are not in alignment, that are, that are in, they call it the thing you want to do and call it the thing that it's giving you the payoff, then you're not going to get it. You're not going to go anywhere, <laughs> right? At best, you go in a circle. You need to have a direction. Just as you said, a laser is aimed at a target. So that's so that's that's a direction. But then even getting moving, maybe you know, maybe you know exactly where you want to go, but you're not getting moving because you don't have the alignment. You have something else pulling, taking your aim off, pulling you off into another direction. You know, yeah, I want to do this, but I just want to relax and watch the TV. Well, yeah, well, if you can get the thing inside you that get something from watching that TV to get some to get something from the thing you want to do, then you can be firing on all cylinders and get moving. And there's nothing like it because that's what, you know, that's 
I love self-help, but if self-help worked, I would have been a millionaire many years ago. Because <laughs> the reason why I, you know, it doesn't, I, I contend it doesn't work for the most part is because people are left with the same problems that they started with it when they're doing with it. Because, it, you know, often there's nothing like the expert helping you, like Diana helping you. There's nothing like it. See, most people are not into self-help, I contend, because they fear failure. There are other reasons, certainly. But even less people want a coach like you or me because they especially feel fear failure in some, in front of someone else, <laughs> right? Even though the the if if a you know they fear being judged, uh, but any obviously I mean you you know this and most people might suspect this that any any coach that judges her client is a terrible, terrible coach, <laughs> right? And I'm sure you wouldn't do it, but people fear it nonetheless. We fear things. What we fear, we fear. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter how imagined and unreal they are. That's irrelevant. Um, but the thing is, there's nothing like, the truth of it is, there's nothing like having a coach help you because a coach sees things that the person doesn't. Right. And the perch, the coach has the training and expertise to to techniques or whatever to help a person get through under around whatever obstacles get aligned, as you so succinctly put. So uh, I love it. It's you know I love and that's why I you know I created this app Proficio, which is a combination of self help and coaching. It's created it's the world's first self help coach. Though we're not going to replace real coaches like yourself yet, Diana, because there's nothing like the real person that not only is an expert like yourself, but also empathizes because there's empathy goes a long way. <laughs> it's so important. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you said. It's uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm, I love to see, you know, what uh, your, your app and what you're working on. I was, I was looking at it and it's really fascinating. And yeah, so great, um, great, um, great idea. I mean, I know it came from a lot of experience, right? You know, you find what's missing and you want to, you know, provide that. You want to talk about alignment, Dan. I've been at this over eight years. If I didn't truly, if I didn't think it was, it, it was the most promising thing I've, I've ever been involved with, I would have quit long ago because you know, I, I haven't had a paycheck for this, at least for eight and a half years. I've been working on it. And the company's four and a half years were, were undercapitalized and would have launched, you know, and we've had one setback after another, but I so, but I am aligned. So I keep at it. And that's the, see, I mean, it's, it's a, it's practically cliche that success, the key to success is persistence. Most people know that. However, you've got to also solve problems. You know, if you keep banging your head against the wall, eventually that wall is going to win. You ain't going to beat the wall, right? The wall will beat you. You have to say, oh, you know what? Let me go around the wall. You know, let me dig un under the wall. Let me go over, you know, you have to solve problems and you got to keep going. But if you're not aligned, if you don't deal with the issues that come up, they can stop you. So you need to have the wherewithal and that may per that per that wherewithal may be nothing more than having a coach uh, to help you deal with that and not let you give up, because you know it, you know I'm a practitioner of neuro linguistic programming. Are you NLP? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and, and you know NLP has been controversial forever, but I, you know and a lot of the criticism is is quite it deserves a lot of the criticism. But I, I'm here to say, 
in coaching, it's the most valuable thing I've ever seen. It, it works like a charm. It's designed <clears throat> to be you. You know, there, there, there's lots of people that use NLP. You can use NLP as self-help. I got to tell you, when I use NLP on myself, I only get marginal results at best, you know, for the most part. But when I, when me as a coach or just as a practitioner work with, use it with other people, I get great results because there's that, that expert view, you know, there's, I'm not the person that's emotionally in the picture. I'm neutral and I can observe it. And I, you know, there's a big, big, big difference between having a person help you. There's nothing like, you know, I'll bet you like this too, Diana, you know, I mean, helping people is, is a universal value. Almost every person loves to help other people but as coaches you know especially when you get people they come to you with a problem and you get them over it it's one of the great it was one of the one of the greatest kicks i've ever gotten what about you i love it i love seeing you know how you know when something shifts in their in their consciousness right and then they begin to look at life or their problem in a in a different way and then something clicks right they have this the epiphany and it's it's so it's so precious you know to to be somehow part of it and help people because in because i know what it's like to to be there and how, how to um you know overcome a challenge or something like that right it's it, to be able to help somebody with that is i think it's the most meaningful thing i can do with my life and, it's it uh, truly is one of the greatest things you yeah. know uh, and, and especially when it was a really bad problem you know i very more than a few times after i helped a client get resolve a problem and i would ask them you know how's that problem now and they would say what problem and i would say that problem you were just crying about 10 minutes ago i'm like they're like oh that doesn't bother me anymore mm -hmm. and i'm like yes oh, yeah. and very often they're like you know that oh, was no big deal i'm like yeah you know, you were crying pretty badly about <laughs> 10, 10 minutes ago <laughs> it, it's great you know you don't have you don't need the thanks they give you hey they hired you for money they're giving you the money then doesn't matter how how they look at it but uh but it's such a great payoff emotionally as a person getting people over or, or getting getting them unstuck or getting them past the hump but you know when i was a, when i was a life coach most of what i did was help clients pursue goals and also helping a person go from dysfunctional to functional mm -hmm. and obviously goal pursuit is a long process right the longer the more difficult the goal is the longer it is but going from dysfunctional to functional is my favorite because like to see them go from basically speaking a frown to a smile is just a wonderful conversion yeah, yeah it is it's i mean there, there's so many different types of coaching right so yes. um i do uh, and generally in coaching we focus on the present and the future right but i do also focus on the past and sounds like in your in your work probably you need to at least a little bit right to understand where they're coming from and sure. you know resolve whatever needs to be resolved from the past in order to take them to the next level and um, i think what i found is uh, a lot of those inner conflicts are coming from the past right and mm -hmm. one of the probably the most common is not feeling good enough right not feeling on oh, a conscious level yeah of course i deserve all the good things i want but we're constantly sabotaging ourselves without even realizing we're doing that so we need to understand where it's coming from and change that and of course that's probably one of the things that takes the longest because it took years to develop those beliefs about ourselves right and we didn't even know any better as children Absolutely. right and we learned so much from our parents 
and uh, to to be able to look at ourselves differently, right? Because as Maxwell Maltz said, so we cannot outperform our own self-image, right? It's so powerful. Maxwell Maltz is one of my favorite old school self-help authors. He is the man. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and to because a lot of people, because they've been so externally validated as children, they continue to expect other people to tell them how <laughs> worthy they are, right? How would other people know how worthy you, they, you are? You have to tell them, right? Excellent By point. Excellent point. And beliefs are everything. And you know what? So let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, because we're going to get into that. We're going to get into these conflicts more. Diana's going to go deeper and, and elaborate on the dynamics of these conflicts. So we'll take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with Diana Behuni. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. People start something, then something comes up or they need a break or even a vacation. And they often never get back on track. Perficio is designed to allow all of this. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can live your life as you learn and make progress toward your life-changing goals. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. I'm having a fantastic conversation with Diana Vahuni. She is a spiritual coach. Uh, as, as well as other kinds of coaching out and she's out in LA, which I lived out there a long time ago and they kicked, they kicked me out. They said, get back to New York. <laughs> uh, but uh, she, how long have you been out in LA, Diana? Uh, 24 years. Yeah. I, I was, I, I was out there in the early nineties. So you, you were right behind me out there. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. Let's get it more into, into conflicts because this is really a critical uh, topic. All right. So how can being conflicted inside slow us down and even stop us from achieving our goals? I mean, you alluded to it. You said, talked about the laser, but talk about some of the dynamics or and so maybe the person can understand it more. Right. So it, it can, uh, it will definitely slow us down. And in some cases, it can stop us altogether because if we are conflicted, again, it's, it's like, we are part of us because we think of ourselves as like one entity, but it's not entirely true because we have different aspects of ourselves, right? And we have different sub-personalities, right? And uh, and if they're not in agreement with what we want for the whole being, then they have different agendas, right? I mean, ultimately they all want the same thing. They all want us to be safe, to be happy and, and et cetera, but they, maybe they have different strategies in trying to achieve it, right? And that can be conflicted. So like, oh, being in this relationship could be the right way to do it or being in a different relationship could be or this career or that career or et cetera, right? And uh, sometimes um, people don't know what they want because they are conflicted, because they, um, they don't know who they really are. And I think we can't talk about inner conflicts without talking about our goals. Oh, look who just, just visited me, Diana, one of my um, guys. This, this uh, is Lucius. Lucius. I'm sorry that I'm sorry he no was interesting. Worries. No, no yeah, worries. Absolutely, absolutely. You yeah. know, you know what that reminds me of John Overdurf. Do you know who he is? He's an NLP therapist, but uh, he once said something which totally is true. He said that the beliefs that control us most we are unaware of. <laughs> and, I, and when I was learning that, I was like, wow, this is so absolutely, absolutely true. And uh, so, and you, the way to become aware of them is to see, you know, what you try, what you want to do 
and what's stopping you and then ask yourself questions why are you being stopped and then now you can become aware of them but you know it's so funny most people think that this never ceases to amuse me that their brains are you know what's in charge and and that's how they go through life using their brain you know when truly the brain is the purpose of the brain is just to keep us alive like every other animal that has a brain that's not our mind is in charge and our mind is it has the th uses the thinking organ but it's also spiritual there are other parts there are parts of it that you can't put your finger on that's abstract so and and people think that like for you know i, I mentioned i was a recovered drug addict that you know my addiction i thought my addiction was a control and and it was as long as i let it stay in control until i finally put my mind to resuming to taking the control of my life which i am the natural master of of which is of myself and every person is that person the master but they have to use their mind for it and they have to go in and find out where are my conflicts that's right that's right absolutely and sometimes uh, i know that's not part of coaching generally but it's sometimes it is also helpful to take a more somatic approach too because sometimes mind you know, it can, it can only take us so far, right? Because especially, you know, it's been trauma or something like that. Sometimes it's not on the level of the mind. It's not on a cognitive level. You ask people, they're like, no, everything is fine. And then, but you know, from the reactions that, you know, there's a lot of frozen energy from trauma that has never been really um, taken care of, right? It hasn't been healed, right? Totally. It's so crucial to also include that. That's why I do work with energy as well. As part of my work because sometimes there's a lot of bypassing happening and i'm sure you're aware of that you know how people are trying to you know do all the work here and you know they disconnect from those uh you know the, the you know the shadow right it, which is not really the bad or the negative but our shadow is those parts of ourselves that haven't been illuminated right and there's a lot of good stuff in there too actually even carl jung himself said that 90 percent of our shadow is pure gold Right. That's not what we hear. That. That's, That's right. Interesting, right? We always think yeah. of the shadows as negative parts of ourselves that we, you know, try to, you know, push aside or push away. And uh, yeah, but there's so much. Anything that's been hidden, anything that's been suppressed, becomes the shadow. But it doesn't mean it's all bad. There's yeah. a lot of good in there too. But some, some of it is like, you know, it maybe it's not appropriate in the society to express. Sometimes, you know, like there's some, some of that. And so for some people, it's their spirituality that they have to hide that aspect of themselves because people would not understand them, right, uh, around them. And then they have to kind of hide that they are spiritual or they're interested in those kind of things, right? That can, can become part of their shadow too. So, so I find it to be so powerful to explore that aspect of, of people's um, lives and, uh, you know, doing some inner child work is super powerful too. So I think that's why I'm more multidisciplinary practitioner because i love I think it. all of that is important i i think that you got the package because you know if you just did one, if you only had just one or two things in your forte you could only operate in that modality you, you you're rather constrained but if you do it in a multi multidisciplinary way like yourself you can really get to cover the whole person i think especially the heal the energy part going back in the past the past you know as you said you articulated perfectly coaches focus on the future but that doesn't mean the past is, doesn't have an effect it certainly does more than anything especially traumatic past and a person's if they don't 
they don't deal with that trauma. They 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 typically relive it and they get they get stopped by it. Can you, know, can you, you mentioned um, some inner child work. How do you go about that typically or simplistically? Right. Probably the simplest way is to, uh, well, of course, once I discover there is something in pretty much in every so single person, there is something uh, between them. I mean, as I'd say between them, it's like their inner child shows up in their lives, right? And in many, many ways and understanding what's really going on. And uh, uh, what I suggest, the simplest exercise to do is I ask them to bring a, a picture of themselves as, as a child, as a, you know, at the time when something significant happened in their life and have that picture with them. And when they have a conversation with their inner child, they look at the picture. It's even better when in the picture, in the, in the picture they look at the camera, which means like they're looking at each other, right? It's so powerful. There's so I many things. Yeah, they can tell their inner, their, their little boy, or little girl, and, and, and have them speak back, right? Because there's so much we were unable to say as we were children, right? And a lot of things were not understood or accepted or validated. So we become that parent to our inner child, right? We reparenting ourselves. So instead of having that inner critic, I say I suggest to have that inner parent that is loving and caring and compassionate, but also very encouraging, right? So that's really, I think it's been so powerful that's for me. That's a great, great technique. I love it. I remember when I first got introduced to NLP, who was by my acting mentor, um, George Morrison, who was the guy behind Dustin Hoffman, Gene Hackman. You're a lot younger than I am, but these, these were big stars back in the 70s. Yeah, and yeah 80s. of course, I know them. Okay, very good. Uh, but, um, and he introduced me to NLP and he blew me away. And, and one, you know, and one of the things he introduced me to was Gestalt therapy. You know, Gestalt, I mean, obviously you know it. Um, and uh, Gestalt therapy, he had, you know, he. He talked about it in, in the, what he described was imagining your parents sitting over there in that other chair. Obviously, no one's sitting there. And now what would you say to him? Now, you 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 did an inverse there. Uh, the person being the parent saying it to themselves with a picture. There's not even you don't have to imagine. You'll just look at the look at the lines on, on the on the photo. Uh, but but a lot of people don't they like they may poo poo this or maybe unfamiliar or sound weird. But what they don't understand is that the human mind is just so incredible. We think metaphorically, we think so multi-dynamically that all sorts of things can be used by the mind to not just process the world, but to process its own thinking. <laughs> you know, and if you don't think that uh, that acting as your parent, talking to uh, your your younger self, has any value it's only only because you haven't discovered the value yet <laughs> yeah, absolutely it's super the the truth is that we are always talking that we have that inner parent except it's a very critical and unkind parent right so we all have pretty much internalized uh, the voice of one of our parents or caregivers somebody who was very you know, important in our life right as we're growing up so when we criticizing and feeling not good enough it's not us, really. We no nobody was born not feeling good enough or feeling that something's wrong with them. We learned that, right? So, so we already have that voice. It's really about transforming that into the voice of a kind of a parent that we wish we had. Right? Of course, they they did their best, right? It's not that anything is wrong with them. Our parents did their best with their own trauma, with their own stuff. But it is now our responsibility as adults to continue that parenting for ourselves. I love it. And I love the existential paradigm. I read this long ago. 
and I had it memorized it immediately. It was so profound to me. And it's this, the existential paradigm is as children, we're not responsible for what happens to us, but as adults, we're responsible for every single action we take. So if you're hurt, if you're quote unquote broken, well, it's your responsible to heal or to fix yourself or whatever, because you are an adult and you are responsible, period. That's right. It doesn't matter what excuse you got, what circumstance, the, the excuses are almost always bullshit. Uh, and circumstances are just that. That's all they are. <laughs> you know, you know, we are responsible and we do heal and we do get over things. But and how quickly you want to do it is up to you. You know, you could you can go about it slowly or you can go about it quickly. You can you can talk to a person like Diana and go about it quickly. Or you can just take your time and read or, or you know, if you want to read some self-help books or whatever, or not do that at all and just do it your own way. Everyone's on their own journey. But people who, uh, who understand that, you know, time is running out for all of us, uh, those are the kinds of people that they hire a person like Diana Vahuni and say, you know, Diana Vahuni, I, you know, I, I want to get unstuck because <laughs> I'm running out of the most valuable thing I have, which is time. And <laughs> there you go. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Did you, we can say something, Diana? No. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Very good. This is an audio podcast, though. Diana and I seeing each other. Uh, and this will be on YouTube as well. And I recommend for anyone listening, you can go to YouTube because I may be very ugly, but Diana is not. So you can check her out on YouTube. But we'll come right back uh, with Diana Bahuni. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. What is the key to wealth? It's not just making money. It's not wasting it, avoiding debt and costly mistakes. To get the wealth mindset, visit www.proficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can start acting like a millionaire instead of just dreaming to be one. You are listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a wonderful conversation with Diana Vahuni talking about the mind and coaching, getting unstuck. And, you know, I was just, we were just talking about um, conflicts. I'm going to get more into this because this is a very important topic. You know, I was just having a conversation with my girlfriend yesterday, last night, and uh, I was telling her about, you know, some NLPs. I was doing some submodality work with her. Uh, just casually. And then I, I told her about some an NLP technique called change personal history, which is similar. I see this, this smile erupted on, on Diana's face for those listening. Uh, she's quite familiar with it, which is where you go back in time in your mind and imagine giving your younger self the resources that would help you deal with the trauma that you suffered and then come through life in your mind with that resource and imagining how things would be different and then coming back to the present. Okay. It's a, it's a, it could be a very useful technique, but other things we would, I was talking about core transformation, something I worked with before from Connie Ren and Connie Ray Andreas. I also trained with her with the wholeness technique, her next thing, which is very cool. That's similar, but these have to do with conflict. That's what they have to do with. You know, we have these conflicts and the, and really their resolutions are what it's all about. You know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm really getting into it with you, Diana, because I know that's a specialty of yours and I really appreciate that. So 
why do we have these inner conflicts? I mean, we alluded to it, but let's go a little deeper. Right. So, so there are different types of conflicts you can say, right? So I, I just uh, made a few notes for myself. So just just wanted to mention a couple of them uh, that people can be more aware of, right? If they possibly have them. Uh, so one, we talked about a little bit about, you know, not feeling good enough, right? And on the conscious level, we know that we deserve, but on a subconscious or unconscious level, we don't. So that's a conflict, right? So we try to achieve things, we take actions, but we're sabotaging ourselves in some way. Uh, another very common one, especially for spiritual people, although most people, but spiritual people uh, uh, more um, have this conflict, it's having, um, this uh, conflict between being spiritual and wanting more prosperity, more money, right? And then because a lot of us don't think that having money, money is, it, yeah, it's bad. You want to be one of those bad people who cheat and steal and you know commit a crime to get a lot of money. So of course, and uh, in a way, we might even justify that you know, oh, I don't have a lot of money, but at least I'm a good person or something like that, right? So we all probably struggle in some way, and I definitely did. And to before I was able to change my relationship with money altogether. Of course, money itself is not negative, right? So it's not bad; it's neutral. So what we do for money and what we do and with it, money and it's pretty be. damn useful in society. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's absolutely we can't get rid of money in our life, right? I mean, we we kind of have it anyway. So, but we want to have a healthy relationship with it. So when we think of money, actually, I have this, I heard of this really cool exercise and I like to take my clients through it. It's very quick. You're just imagining like being in a room with a human that represents money, right? What does money look like if it was a human, right? What do we see and how we relate? Is this, are we on the same level? Are we standing up and the, this person is sitting down or what? You know, what is our relationship? It's a subconscious relationship with the money. And I used to think of money, it, it, it showed up as a, you know, like a banker type, you know, like somebody in a black suit with a suitcase full of money, you know, with black glasses, you know, kind of distant and cold, you know, and kind of unreachable, unaccessible, right? And I was like, well, no wonder I'm struggling with money until I change that. And now what I see when I think of money is this beautiful spiritual woman who's like doing so much good in the world and is prosperous because of it, right? And the more money she makes, the more good she does in the world, right? Wonderful. And suddenly it's like, oh my God, I want to be that, right? Yes. So we need to have a very clear idea of how we think about money because money- A clear idea that's positive and that's not discouraging or detrimental. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, yeah. So that's a very common conflict we have. Another one is what we can say, you know, between uh, our soul desire and our ego desires, right? That could be another conflict that sometimes we're like, oh, okay, is wanting something good or is it bad? And I, I, I had that experience when I you know, started spirituality from the Buddhist traditions and I thought like, oh, wanting desire is the problem and shouldn't want anything, right? And of course, for a while I felt good, but then after a while I was feeling so unsatisfied. It's like, okay, that doesn't work either, right? At least in this, in this society, in this world. So finding a way to, uh, balance our mind and our and our heart right our, our, our brain and our heart you know heart brain coherence is a good approach to that right creating that synchronization so we don't have to choose one over the other but then also realizing that we have desires for a reason and it's not that Absolutely. all desires are coming from our ego it's actually you know the universe or god or creator whatever however you want to say it wants something to be expressed or to be experienced through us right so we have it it's not coming from our 
selfish self, right? I mean, yes, we can differentiate those desires, but we want to have desires and it's a good thing that we Absolutely. want things, right? It's a critical part of the human experience. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, and Robert, I, I read a, a lot of Robert Diltz, if you know who he is, if NLP co-developer, but, uh, and um, I think success factor modeling is his new stuff, but he, in, in his stuff, he talks about the, you know, basically the ego side and, and the, uh, the soul side. And when you can match those two counterparts between those two of what you want now, you, you're unstoppable. I mean, I think we, I, I think what you working with you, you, a person would be unstoppable too, but that's it. Cause they're not necessarily in conflict. You just got to find how they fit together. That's right. Right. That's exactly. where it's at. That took, there you go. Synchronicity. That's where it's at because they do match. But if the things that don't match, just discard those. What what matches? What can work together? Right. Yeah. You know, just because you want to do something, you can't find. It seems it may seem, you know, uh, selfish or or or, you, or too humanistic. Well, not necessarily. Think about the other aspects of yourself that actually has great aspirations for that goal. What could you do with that? You know, let's say if you want to make to be really dull i'll make a million dollars all right that's that's a shitty goal per se uh but what if you want to make a million dollars so you can donate half of it to the charity okay well that's a damn good thing <laughs> all right the why the why right right that's why right. it's so important exactly. to know why we want what we want absolutely and you know i really love what you said about self-love uh being a huge hurdle you know i like i mentioned i'm a recovered addict I've been clean and sober over 22 years. And what I found in my early recovery, and the, you, don't, this, you don't have to be an addict seeking recovery to, for this to resonate with you, um, is that the biggest hurdle that I had to get over was to love myself enough to think that I was worth it because I never thought I was worth it before that. And I, that's why I, a primary reason why I always failed. Why put in all this effort if I'm not worth it, if I don't deserve it? You've got to, if you can't get to a point where you think that you're worth it or that you deserve good, better things, then you must get with people that can hold you up for a while until you do, because this is a most necessary obstacle for you to get over. If you don't believe that you're worth it or that you deserve good things, you, you're never going to have them, or they'll be still full right to your fingers like sand because you're you are on a mission of self-destruction like i was i was on a mission of self-destruction mm -hmm. uh or, or or if that's too you know it seems too uh too much hyperbole you've got to regard yourself well enough to treat yourself well enough if you don't you will not treat yourself well enough and if even even if you can treat yourself well in the small you won't treat yourself well in the big and it'll just be a vicious circle. It'll be, you'll go nowhere. And I learned this the hard way. I'm 57 years old. I'm a lot older than you. And so if I had learned some of the things that I learned earlier in life, I would have been so much far ahead. But I'm not poo-pooing it. I learned everything exactly the right time I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. And you're absolutely so, right. Yeah. Self-love and, you know, having healthy self-appreciation, self-respect and self-love and sense of self-worth is crucial in, uh, as Louise Hay would say, right, if we don't, if we have any issue in any area of our lives, it's because we're not loving ourselves enough, and I saw it again and again in my own life, and with my clients, and that's why the first thing that I work with my clients on is self-love, their own relationship with themselves, because if that is not there, 
nothing else is going to really work because if you don't truly believe that you deserve the good things, again, coming back to our the first thing we, we discussed, and we feel like worthy of taking the take care of ourselves right, and doing all those good things for ourselves, right? And uh, and and it's true. I mean, in, 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 with the, in addiction, that's really you know like shame being a part of it, right? And in, oh boy, that's a big one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, in my in my way, I was addicted to certain kind of thinking. <laughs> I was addicted to being very critical. Like those are those, those are we all have different addictions, right? And, and and that is an addiction to being unhappy. That was my addiction. It's like that was like that was my normal. I couldn't even imagine being anything else, even though I wanted to be happy, right? So so I can totally understand, and that's the probably the most important thing that changed my life is to starting to love myself not expecting other people so to tell we are me in agreement them. again absolutely absolutely and i also like how you mentioned louise hey you, you you've mentioned some really great self-help authors so you you know your stuff i mean that's just that's just you know self-help but you definitely know the craft of coaching that's for sure so let's take unfortunately we're gonna come to our last segment with diana with diana so uh, we've talked about some really great stuff so we're gonna hear our that we're gonna have our final break to hear from our sponsor and it'll be the unfortunate last segment with diana this episode of self-help coaching is brought to you by perfizio what if there was a self-improvement program truly personalized to you that knew and cared for you deeply that whatever was going on in your life adapted for you perpetually visit www.perfizio.io that's p-e-r-f-i-c-i-o.io where you can start a program that will always suit you, considering all the pressures and nuances of your life. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a fantastic conversation with Diana Vahuni. And, you know, this is the unfortunately the last segment. She's talked about so many great aspects of personal development and coaching. Uh, yeah, let me back up a second. I know that you're an artist. What kind of artist are you? I do all kind of art. Uh, I mean, right now I'm not doing art as much, but I started as a, well, a traditional, you know, uh, I've been painting in oil, portraits, landscapes, you know, watercolor, pastel, like you name it. Like I tried every technique in every genre. And then I started doing digital arts uh, and that was more spiritual arts. Mm. And uh, yeah, so right now I don't have as much time for, for creation, although I do. I mean, I, I picked up some candle making and, you know, like I, ah. I made jewelry, like anything creative. Yeah, I love to create. So, but right now, uh, we're mostly I'm focusing on my work and uh, creating content. That's, that's not a way of creating. So, but definitely anything that's, that allows you know, the I creativity. Just, I just had a conversation earlier with another great host, uh, I mean, a guest from the uh, podcast, uh, Mila Johansson, and um, she her, her her forte is helping people write their book, uh, you know, and just talking with you, uh, Diana, you got a great book inside you if you haven't written it yet. I can, I, I hear it. I, I hear it very much. Uh, you've got some great stuff there for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, I do have a. I have a. I have one book that I'm actually I'm making it available for free right now on my website. Oh. So that's the one that people can get. It's called the. It's called Introduction to the Art and Science of Real Magic. Whoa! I <laughs> repeat that title. Introduction to the Art and Science of Real Magic. Wow! Very good. Real magic. I love that. Tell tell us about that book. So. I want to hear about it. 
Yeah, so I, I so it consists of three parts. The one part I'm talking about science. So what I discovered for myself, okay, I'm not saying that I know the truth, but I what what I discovered myself I was studying spirituality and science at the same time. And I, I love science as well because I'm coming more from a skeptical background, right? And being more like a skeptic growing up in a family of um mostly skeptical people, right? But then also people. We will also go to church, which was very confusing to me, right? If you don't believe in God, why would you go to church, right? That's why that started my curiosity. And so I was all, always interested in science, especially newer science, right? And like unified physics models and things like that. So, so I explore different science, scientific models and things like that. And I draw parallels to spirituality, what mystics were saying, you know, like how we are all one and how we're all connected and then what's, you know, um, what's, um, the inner world and outer world, like, and how everything is, you know, like what's inside is outside. And, uh, you know, and so everything I've learned, it's just like, I remember having all this epiphanies over and over. It's like, oh my God, they've been saying the same thing. It's just using different language, basically, right? Of the mystics over thousands of years from different cultures, people who haven't even met each other, they came to the same realizations. And then the, some of the greatest scientists, right? And uh, whether it's Schrodinger, whether it's uh, Nikola Tesla or even Einstein, and uh, uh, they all saying the same thing about my the universe being mental, it being intelligent. You know, you know I, I love one a great quote from um, Einstein, and this is so telling. This guy is widely considered to be the greatest scientist ever, and he said, "Imagination is more important than knowledge." Knowledge. <laughs> That's right. This is the greatest mind said imagination more important than knowledge. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. I agree with them. So you know what? Albert Einstein's ghost, if you're listening, Tony Petroza agrees with you. How's that for validating? <laughs> He's and that's absolutely correct. If you yes. imagine a great future, imagine yourself getting over these obstacles, getting through them, getting with resourceful people and resources, then you can do it. But you have to imagine what's possible for you to start going in that direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why I like to bring the two together, science and spirituality, because then again, another integration, no conflict, right? Because I, there was a conflict, you know, it's one, one is right, one is wrong. No, they're both right. You know, right? Yes. Not religion, you know, religion maybe has some, you know, dogmas and things like that. And science has its own dogmas, right? So when you get rid of the dogmas and you right, leave right. the essence of mysticism and the essence of real science, then you realize that they talk about the same thing. So in my book, I talk a little bit about that. And then I talk about, you know, how can we apply that understanding, right? You know, the practical, um, you know, up, in, up application and how we can imp, um, implement that in our lives. And then the third part is, you know, why it doesn't work and what we can do about that and so that's you know like troubleshooting so to speak right so it's an introduction because it's like a it's it's a really good start but you know my goal is to of course develop it into probably even you know bigger book or a course or something like that but okay so this wait that's your book though right the book on magic with the magic title and people where where can people find it it's on my website it's on my website it's okay. uh Dianavehuni.com, and uh, they'll see. That's, let me spell it out. That's D-I-A-N-A-V-E-H-U-N-I. -A -A -E -E we'll set up a profile page on our website for you, but <laughs> Diana Behuni, it's pretty simple.com. Go there, check out a book. Go, so people can go to Dianavehuni.com. You're on social media. You're on Instagram. I'm, I'm everywhere. 
And you got yes. you got a PhD after your name in on Instagram. You you got a PhD? It's a metaphysical in, in metaphysics, which is it's a ministerial, ministerial degree. But yes, it does. <laughs> but I want to be clear. <laughs> All right, very good, uh, very good, and um, excellent. You're on Facebook, and that's on Science of you, that that the name. It's called Science of Oneness. Yeah, I, I used to use that. I love that idea of Science of Oneness, and. Uh, I just it stayed there, right? So, I love on, it. You're, <laughs> you're on Twitter, Diana Bahuni. You're on Pinterest. Like I said, we'll set you up at a profile page. We'll have, have all that. But I encourage you to go to Diana Bahuni.com. Uh, check out her book. Check out her services. I, and I imagine you do uh, Zoom coaching too or, or virtual coaching. I primarily Zoom because all, all of my clients are somewhere else. <laughs> right. They're not local. You know, you know, when I was life coaching, I did all my coaching on the phone. Uh, I didn't, I didn't do a video, but, and, uh, and now, you know, that the, um, the pandemic is, well, is come and it's going, uh, people say to me, oh, your, your, your app Proficio, which is going to transform, you know, it basically just, it, it automates self-help through that a person is coached by a computer uh, to be successful with self-help. They're like, oh, that's going to be uh, huge for you because of the pandemic. I'm, I said, listen, the pandemic's got nothing to do with it, even though that's changed everything for everybody. And certainly I'm, I'm, I'm in society with you. People want self-help to work. And, and, and even people who are like open-minded or into it, they're going to, they get so little out of it. If they can get what they want out of it, then they're going to do it. And if a person, uh, they don't have to be limited to Los Angeles at all to get the benefit of Diana Vahuni, just go to dianavahuni.com and you can be coached by Diana. You can be uh, in China, I guess maybe in free China, maybe not in red China. <laughs> uh, and uh, and get Diana's services as a, a spiritual life coach, energy healer. Do you, you consider yourself an energy healer or an energy worker? Do you... It's just some of it. I Not primarily, it's not my primary uh, focus, but definitely I do include that. Like I use EFT, emotional freedom technique, and you know other modalities that work with energy as well. Diana, you have been a wonderful guest. I really appreciate it. Do you have a final remark for the audience? Thank you so much, Tony, and it was a great conversation. And I really hope our um, our audience uh, learned something from it, valuable. I'm sure they did, uh, and I appreciate our listeners uh, joining in and, um, and you know and, um, and being part of this conversation. And uh, to, I guess one uh, powerful question I like to leave um, our listeners with is that I discovered to be super powerful. It's uh, asking ourselves who we want to become, not what we want to achieve, but who we want to become. And if you're encountering a challenge, we want to ask ourselves, who do I need to become to overcome that challenge? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters, who we become. Yeah. You and I are from the same tribe. You know, my app, Proficio, the very first question it asks the uh, person interested in it, um, and before it even gets into any the self-assessments, it simply asks, who do you want to be? And they have to record the answer audio mm. to, to the app. So if they, if they, back, they try to back out, it's going to play for them. Oh, wait, didn't you say you want to be? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that is a very That's powerful cool. question That's you know right. and questions are the answers great stuff Dana thank you very much I really appreciate it and I remember everyone we're all responsible for ourselves, 
and we could all use a little help. With that, thanks for listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast. Thank you, Diana. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.